0: 18
1: plus this is gary and shannon and you're listening to kfi am 640 the gary and shannon show on demand on the iHeartRadio radio app it's
0: pizza party friday
1: it's pizza party friday
0: it is it's also shorts day apparently jacob decided that it was short Day, but it didn't say anything to anybody well
1: jacob's going through a bit of a midlife crisis because he's got a birthday coming up next week
0: oh so he's
1: trying to show off his calves get a little attention
0: your looks will fade, son. Yeah. Your looks will fade.
1: It's all right, Jacob. Quickly. Twenty eight is Ew,
0: uh, gross. Twenty eight. Yeah,
1: I know. Ah. That's like when you really start to feel old at twenty eight, I'd say.
0: Yeah. I don't remember.
1: <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app on a Friday. It is May 19th.
1: White House says there's been steady progress on debt ceiling talks. and officials said late yesterday President Biden was updated on negotiations between his administration and lawmakers during his G7 visit to Japan. Kevin McCarthy said earlier yesterday he could see the path to an agreement.
0: Well, not to throw water on the uh, steaming hot debt ceiling talk. CNN is now reporting that there has been a snag.
1: Of course there's been a snag. <laughs> Yesterday, everyone's like, oh, I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic. Well, be optimistic in one hand yeah. and, and poop, poop in the other. Yes. And see which one fills Did up just first. come up with a... That's been around a, a while. We okay. Yeah.
0: All right. Maybe then I... Heard. <laughs> The Biden administration has been telling its European allies it is ready to allow them to send F-16s to Ukraine to use against Putin. Um, The White House has signaled to European allies that it is willing to allow them to export jets to Ukraine. At this point, we, the United States, are not going to be giving them F-16s. But basically it's, you know, we would backfill probably if, say, Poland wanted to hand over some F-16s. We might go, oh, we got a couple sitting around That you guys could use in the meantime hey guess who's sicker than anybody ever thought
1: this was not a shock when the news broke yesterday about diane feinstein feinstein excuse me 89 years old we saw her when she made her return to the capitol last week she's in the wheelchair the left side of her face appears to be kind of frozen one eye shut she looked disoriented um an aide steered her wheelchair through the corridors of the senate And she was complaining audibly that something was stuck in her eye. She looked very frail. If you've seen the pictures, you know what I'm talking about. She had shingles in February, which is a tough thing for anyone but an 89-year-old, incredibly tough for an 89-year-old. Now we're hearing more problems that relate to that diagnosis. Yeah,
0: the shingles spread to her face and neck can be painful, can be hard to look at, cause vision and balance impairments, and facial paralysis known as Ramsey-Hunt syndrome, which is actually... Something that she has in common with Justin Bieber, who went through a a little bout with uh, Ramsey-Hunt syndrome.
1: Also, the encephalitis problem. Uh, Post-shingles, encephalitis can leave patients with lasting memory or language problems, sleep disorders, bouts of confusion, mood disorders, headaches, difficulties... Walking older patients, as you can imagine, usually have the most trouble recovering. Now,
0: we've talked about this before. There are some quiet uh, Democrats who are suggesting maybe she step down. Ro Khanna, the congressman from California, is not so quiet about this. He wants her to step down. Um, and then there's an op ed piece actually in the LA Times today from Joan Williams, Joan C. Williams, an author, longtime feminist. She also suggests that Diane Feinstein step down from her Senate seat saying that she needs you she needs to resign so that the business of the Senate can continue i would assume specifically sort of the uh, uh, judiciary committee appointments that the she would be sitting on and have an opportunity to pass and then she also makes this argument to protect your own legacy of courage strength and pragmatism
1: right that's what uh, that's what the saddest part is People are going to remember her now for this because it's such a spectacle. And
0: there's nothing there's there should be nothing embarrassing about this. You're just physically incapable of doing the job. And hopefully
1: we all get to that point. I I, wouldn't it be nice.
0: Wouldn't it be nice if if you had the opportunity to call your own shots and just say, you know what? Before the Lord asks me to serve in the great Senate in the sky, I am going to spend some time with my grandkids and my great-grandkids and tell stories about the America that I helped shape or whatever whatever terms Diane Feinstein can use should use her legacy is now at risk because she's hanging on too long and that's an awful place because, how, how do you say something to her, right? How do you prove you to her? How do you hold a mirror up to her? And you I don't can't. mean physically, like, because this facial paralysis is not attractive, but the idea that, well, I mean, it's just not easy to look at, especially if she feels like, hey, I'm still 42. And then, sorry, I just picked a random age. It wasn't, I didn't, I, anyway, you know what I'm saying. You, how do you hold a mirror up to that person <laughs> and say to them, hey, Your best years are behind you. Don't make this worse on yourself and everybody else around you. I just, I feel bad for her and I feel awful for people close to her who are going to be put in that position.
1: It's hard to tell anybody that it's time to, you know, stop driving, stop working, all of those things. If you've ever had those conversations with a parent or a grandparent, they're incredibly hard because when you get to a certain age, well, I mean, you can't tell you anything and nothing's going to change. You're just going to be more obstinate. Same with me. Same with all adults, right? You're not going to tell me how to live my life. Well, I mean, we've and had- then you just get more, like I said, obstinate as you get older. So it's, it's, everyone's going to go through it. And unfortunately, her she's not listening to her inner circle. That must be saying, hey, we got to protect your legacy. It's time to step down. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, and and, and it's you know, this is, this is kind
1: of a good time for to have the conversation that I've been meaning to have with you
0: about my, about the, well, Popocat, Pop, Popocata Petal is rumbling again. Popocata Petal, the volcano in uh, Mexico. <laughs> okay. I, I practiced that this morning and I swore I was going to get it on the first try. Second try is not too bad.
1: Popocata Petal. Popocata Petal.
0: There you go. Uh, clouds and ash, uh, 11 villages around that volcano have had to cancel school. Popocatapetl,
1: that's fun to say. Popocatapetl. Popocatapetl.
0: Almost an 18,000 foot high volcano, affectionately known as El Popo.
1: I think I'll name one of the planets in space wars. Popocatapetl. How?
0: Popocatapetl.
1: Popocatapetl.
0: Do you have any idea how old kissing is?
1: Very old. Older than we originally thought.
0: Yeah, you saw that too. Sure. So they originally thought it was about 3,000 years old, 3,500 years old. And the way that they trace that, it goes way back farther than that. But the way they trace that apparently was the spread of herpes. Mm. So, And they said originally that it came from uh, uh, in Asia, South Asia. But now they say they've (laughs) documented herpes in Mesopotamia. Uh, about 4,500 years ago. So,
1: Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is on the cover of Time magazine. It's the latest issue published yesterday. It's an illustration of DeSantis standing in front of the American flag and the Florida flag while peeling an orange. In the article within the magazine, several current and former state lawmakers discuss what DeSantis calls the Florida blueprint. Of course, he is expected to announce his bid for the White House next week but not before Disney slaps him in the genitals.
0: (laughs) I see. Okay. Bob Iger um, has pulled the plug on a plan that would have moved Imagineering from down the street here out to a place about, uh, I think it's about 10 miles, 20 minutes away from their big complex in Orlando. And, Josh DeMarro chairman of Disney's Parks Experiences and Products Division, put a memo out yesterday and said, because of changing business conditions and because of the re- return of Bob Iger as CEO, they will not move forward with the construction of the campus. They'll no longer be asking more than 2000 California based employees to relocate to Florida now. They don't mention Ron DeSantis in this. They don't talk about the ongoing feud with the governor of Florida, et cetera. But it's sort of baked in. It seems that that's at least part of what was going on. Now, but this is not, it's not just that. Disney employees didn't like this plan, at least not originally when they were first announced a couple of years ago when Bob Chapek was CEO. Some people left Disney. Some people transitioned to other jobs within Disney so that they could stay in California. And others held out hope that this thing was going to die on the vine before it ever came to reality. So originally it was supposed to open. I mean, when they announced it, it wasn't going to take that long. They had pushed it back to 2026, 20, Uh, in terms of an opening date, and now they've said we're not going to do it at all.
1: Rarely are people digging into the fight between DeSantis and Disney. People are just not interested in the details, I think, in the minutiae of the fight. I think that the optics of DeSantis taking on Disney is a bad way to go. Nobody wants to fight with Mickey Mouse. Nobody wants to appear to not like disney princesses and when you think disneyland you think happiness and childhood and light and princesses and, and mickey mouse and, yes and wonderful and stuff. Good
0: food and the smells and
1: yeah i don't know if i've ghosts had a churro that don't event.
0: really scare you ghosts that are just happy
1: to be there right and the island uh, the, tom sawyer island yeah. yeah you don't think about disney as a a Somebody that would be an adversary. And the more this is in the headlines, the worse it's going to get for DeSantis in terms of that. It's just, it's not worth the fight. It's not the hill for him to die on.
0: So the unasked question that I came up with when I was doing this, uh, when I was reading this this morning is, why did Bob J. Chapek uh, J- want to move this out of California in the first place? Like, to me, there's a very because- California story here, which is, the the greatest you know one of the greatest corporations we've ever had in our state wants to leave. It's cheaper, yeah. That that also is something that you know uh, Governor Newsom is going to use this fight with Disney as like a way to double bird uh, Ron DeSantis to go see he doesn't even know it's good for him. Wait a minute, wait. A minute. Don't forget Bob Chapek hates your business environment so much, he was willing to take a huge chunk of this incredibly successful corporation and move it out of California. Right. That I think is something that uh, that people are not getting paying a lot of attention to.
1: Popocatepetl. Popocatepetl. Popocatepetl.
0: Uh, there is some uh, some issue about uh, what was supposed to be Dodgers Pride Night coming up.
1: Oh my gosh! March. Did you read this opinion piece from Dylan Hernandez in the LA Times?
0: Uh, I, I started. Okay, it. then it, but... you
1: probably read the beginning where he compares this nuns trans drag group to Jackie Robinson. Yeah. What the hell are you doing? That is a bridge too far, Dylan Hernandez. (laughs) I mean, you could maybe have the conversation if the Dodgers were refusing to let a gay player play or, or call up a gay player. But to compare a trans drag nuns group that offends people that believe in the Catholic faith, the same thing as Jackie Robinson? No, that is a that is a stretch to say the least.
0: Uh, we will also uh, in the eleven o'clock hour talk about sad songs. Why it is we listen to sad songs? Can you think of a sad song like low key, minor key, everything is sad, breakup song that you listen to?
1: There is an artist that does nothing but sad songs, <laughs> and he. I was listening to new music Friday this morning and he had because you know bad bunny right my husband's a huge fan of bad, bad bunny it. so whenever there's new bad bunny i've got to get into it um lewis capaldi is yes his name. i was just
0: gonna say that i was gonna say yeah, that's the guy
1: that's the guy Everything is devastatingly sad. Well, there's there
0: is a there's a physiological reason that we listen I, to I sad songs. I can't wait songs. to hear
1: the, that reason it's because I, sometimes I listen to his stuff and I'm like, why are you listening to this? But I can't turn it <laughs> off. I, totally.
0: So if you have a sad song, favorite sad song that you listen to, it doesn't have to generate tears. It's just down bleh, song. Yeah, But you listen to it anyway. Let I, us know, you know what I, it is. That,
1: I was thinking that this morning when I woke up. I was like, I'd like some more depression. Can I have some more, please? So I'm so glad we're doing sad songs.
0: Uh, okay. Great. Hey, a reminder <laughs> that a week from today, we are going to be live for our first News and Brews of 2023 at Bravery Brewing in Lancaster. It also corresponds with the release of this year's version of KFIPA, which you can buy in cans. They'll have it on tap. It's a very, very cool beer. That,
1: that might be a shorts day. I think it's going to be warm.
0: Yes, and, and we'll be outside. Uh, I believe we will? we're going to be on the Gary and Shannon show stage that they have constructed for us.
1: That's going to be really warm. No,
0: no, I don't think it's going to be that crazy.
1: Oh, okay, it shouldn't
0: be that crazy because right now and it's under. They have they've got awning and everything is oh, shade great. and all that sort of stuff. We're not just going to sit out in the desert for four. Well,
1: hours. yeah, okay. Sunscreen.
0: Uh, the Biden administration has said now to its European allies that the United States would allow them to export F-16s to Ukraine. This is a huge, huge step. At this point, we don't know of any formal requests by European countries to export any of their F-16s. The State Department officials, who would normally be tasked with filling out these requisition orders or the TPS reports or whatever, uh, have not been told to get to work. So we've just signaled that we would allow the F-16s that we have say over to go into Ukraine. A handful of European countries do have a supply of these U.S.-made airplanes. Uh, The Netherlands, for example, has signaled a willingness to give some of them to Ukraine, but the United States is going to have to approve a third-party transfer because our very sensitive technology exists in those planes. And it's uh, basically the understanding is we would sell them to a place like the Netherlands When we uh, with the understanding that we have right of first refusal in terms of them transferring them to somewhere else. So John Kirby, National Security Council coordinator for strategic communications, isn't commenting specifically on the possibility of sending of us sending F-16 to Ukraine, but did say that we're looking for future capabilities and needs Um, the this. Even though it's not said to be on the agenda for the G7 summit, it's completely on the agenda for the G7 summit. If for no other reason then we know that Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky is going to be going to the G7 summit this weekend.
1: Yeah, is it a bad thing that he's going to Hiroshima to highlight Russia's <laughs> devastation in Ukraine? Or maybe, I mean, or maybe it's perfect. but But it's not good for us. Is it?
0: Oh, you know. You mean because we're the ones who did yeah, it
1: originally? Yeah. Uh, mm, mm-hmm.
0: uh I don't know. I,
1: like, it just they just say it's a symbolic boost uh, to to visit Hiroshima, uh, the site of nuclear destruction in World War II. It's like, yeah, we did that.
0: Well, I was gonna say, I don't think he's gonna stand there with Joseph Biden and be like,
1: "Hey, remember this? Well, remember this fun time." Yeah. I don't know. Because Joe Biden I mean, was. We're, we're the ones that are. Funding this thing for Ukraine, right? Right. By and large. And for him to go to Hiroshima and be like, oh, see what could happen? See what could happen? (laughs) It just seems like it's not a good spot considering we're writing the checks on this thing. Yeah. I don't know.
0: Um, This surprise announcement that Zelensky was going to be there in Japan along with Biden's decision to cut short his trip because of the debt ceiling fight in the United States does shift some uh, focus Away from confronting China because we want China to get off of their asses and stop pretending that Vladimir Putin's just a normal dude. Uh, and, And if if nothing else, we would love to see a peace deal. I just don't know if we want China to be the ones to broker this thing. But in the lead up to the arrival, the G7 leaders released a big statement supporting Ukraine. Several countries, including the United States, uh, detailed some new sanctions that will be put on Russia as well. Zelensky was scheduled to attend the summit virtually on Sunday, but now he is expected to be there in person. Um, it his visit is the latest in these travels by Zelensky outside of Ukraine. I believe he's spending time today in Saudi Arabia, where he's going to talk to the Arab League summit, meet with the crown prince, uh, MBS, to try to find some way for Saudi Arabia to put some pressure on uh, Russia as well.
1: Fentanyl seizures at the southern border continue to rise. Seizures were up 14 percent last month. Busts involving fentanyl have increased 400 percent since 2019. Most 90 percent, more than 90 percent of the fentanyl is trafficked in cars and trucks through ports of entry.
0: Uh, Bryson DeChambeau is leading the second round of PGA Championship in upstate New York. He doesn't tee off for another couple of hours. Justin Rose, Scotty Schiffler, a couple others at three under right now. Uh, Dodgers lost an absolute barn burner last night, 16 to 8 in St. Louis. They'll play again uh, this afternoon, as a matter of fact, first pitch at 515, you can listen to the game in HD on the free iHeartRadio app live from the Galpin Motors broadcast booth. Use that keyword AM570 LA Sports. I talked, uh, I think it was last week about the, well, no, it was earlier this week. When we were talking about Game 7 of the uh, Seattle Kraken against the somebody, somebody's somebodies. The Dallas Dallas they lose to? Who's Dallas Stars? Yeah. And I love Game 7 hockey, right? But... Last night it was game 1 of the Eastern Conference Finals uh in Carolina against Florida. They went to four overtimes. Wow. Before uh Florida's 3-2 win, fourth overtime. It's all not just playoffs. It's the sixth longest game in the history of the NHL.
1: What's going on with the lake show, Jacob? Uh-oh. What's the deal there? Laker it's happening. Something, something's
0: happening. Dropping
1: two games like, to Denver.
0: Game three is tomorrow in uh, downtown LA. So
1: the outdoor approach to teaching preschool is gaining momentum nationwide. The Washington Post used a, a preschool in Leakin Park as an example. And every time I hear about Leakin Park, I think of Heyman Lee. Heyman Lee. <gasps>
0: I, from cereal. cereal. Oh my gosh. I never made that connection.
1: Yeah. Because Leakin Park was featured pretty prominently in that podcast where, um, and, and what's going on with that guy? He was let out. Now Mm -hmm. he's not going to be let out. I
0: don't know if they're going to retry or what the plan was. I don't know what the, Mm,
1: I forget his name. Anyway. Um, they talk about the preschoolers in Leakin Park at Carrie Murray nature center forest preschool. That the kids are fanned out across a small section of the woods. They're bundled up in colorful rain suits, boots, and gloves. They're scooping water from a creek. They're examining a large log with one teacher.
0: This is. It's uh, like
1: Mrs. Twilliger, but every day.
0: <laughs> That's, you're bringing back weird memories now. Uh, experts and advocates say that this naturalist approach can be especially beneficial to children especially when it comes to those kids who were locked inside because of the pandemic. In these preschools, these outdoor preschools, kids spend most of or all of their time outside.
1: It's uh, done in other countries, Denmark, Sweden, Germany. There are nature preschools and kindergartens, and now it seems like they're exploding here. We had about 250 in this country in 2017. Now we've got 800.
0: There was a uh, when I was in junior high, I guess it was. There was a science camp that my parents said, "Hey, you might want to give this a try." And I thought, I, "There's the last place I want to be, is in a classroom for three weeks during the summer." Like right. that made no sense, but I did it because I thought it was going to look good for high school, and you know, I could put it on the college application, all this sort of stuff. We spent like a half an hour in the beginning of the day in the classroom and the other three or four hours of the day out and about wherever we went. We would go to dairy farms. We went to fields. We drove to forests, We went to the beach. We went everywhere. It was so much fun. It was so great because, I mean, the weather was fantastic. It's summer in Northern California, but it was such a relief to be able to do, to learn those things out in the world Yes, as opposed to. Here's a movie about the beach life or a tide right, pool right, or something right. where you get your hands wet, your feet wet, et cetera. Yeah. It, it makes such a huge difference. And we talked yesterday, just the simple, I don't know why they even spend money on studies for it, but the simple act of getting outside is good for you. And hearing the birds yesterday was the was the study that was done that mm-hmm. the sounds of birds are good for you. It's, well, and it makes us feel
1: more connected, too. Yeah, not to sound all hippy dippy, but it's nice to feel connected. We're meant to feel connected to the the world around us. And
0: it's not; it doesn't even have to be. Listen, these kids, like you're talking about this park in in Maryland, is probably beautiful and wonderful. It doesn't have to be that. It, it, you could be walking down the street in Silmar, as long as you're safe. Uh, you can just being outdoors makes a huge difference to your own attitude and and uh, and health. So. Move.
1: move Adnan Sayed. That was his name. That's his name. The guy that was convicted of killing Haman Lee
0: from the uh, podcast from Serial. All right, Um, Jacob. Flight attendant says you should not wear shorts on an airplane. It's pretty gross, so might want to. Yeah, I
1: wouldn't wear short If, if if it's gross on an airplane. Think about the chair you're sitting in. You know what I mean?
0: They're breathable now. Who is the chairs? Oh, that don't help. That doesn't help. That just means you're gonna blow it around.
1: Thanks. All right, All right, we've got Steve Gregory on tap. He's going to talk about his harrowing attack this week.
0: He's also got a special coming up. We need to talk to him about that.
1: What's the special on?
0: Hate and anti-Semitism.
1: Oh, that sounds uplifting.
0: Gary and Shannon, will continue right after this. You've been listening to The Gary and Shannon Show. You can always hear us live on KFI AM 640, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. every Monday through Friday. And anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio
1: app